Hi, beauty. I'm so grateful you were led to this podcast. I'm your host, Miranda. Hi. I'm a wife, coach, and mom to four world changers. And this is the Recalibrating Hearts podcast. It's my heart that in this space, you would encounter the love of the Father and receive downloads, revelations, and solutions for partnering with God in your breakthrough. You'll also hear how we're building our family, powerful prayers and declarations for you, and ways to incorporate natural solutions for whole health. I think it's time to normalize spiritual breakthrough and walk in freedom with whole hearts. Holy Spirit, you get full permission to recalibrate our hearts. Let's go. Just a really special conversation between my father and I. And I'm going to ask you up front just to excuse um, the sounds of paper as we were using some notes and just to honor the space that we created for you guys just to listen to us chatting a little bit about my childhood, the importance of laying a healthy foundation for children no matter what we face in life, and a little bit about dad's cancer journey. Now, as of this recording, this intro, he is on hospice, and we're really just going, doing our best to go with the flow of really the ebbs and flow that comes along with the transition process. It's new to us. I've never walked a parent through it. And I just ask you to honor and respect this really, really sacred space. We believe the Father's in the middle of it with us and holding our hands and guiding us through it. But I wanted something to remember dad by, by recording with him and having a conversation with him. But I pray that you would take one or two nuggets or be encouraged after listening. And just as always, be super blessed. All right, on this episode, I am just really excited to bring you a conversation with my father. Dad, welcome to the show. Hi. And you guys, I'm just here to share Dad's testimony with you in this journey. And Dad, as I've just watched your journey with the Father and really have seen the redemptive power of the Lord, I thought it would be just a blessing to bring your story to my listeners and really have you be able to share it with the world. I know it's your heart to share Jesus, but I think it's really powerful to go through somebody's testimony, to pick through the story per se, and also I think this brings glory to the Lord. So are you ready to go? Yes. Okay. So I want to lay a foundation for you guys if you're just listening to the show for the first time or if you've been with me for a while. So dad, you and mom made sure we were at church since I can remember and it was at the Evangelical Free Church at three years old when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Like that's a one vivid memory at three and it never has left me, never will live. And you and mom laid the groundwork for that experience and I just want to say I'm so grateful for that. Do you have anything to say on that? Well, your mom and I were totally dedicated to having a relationship together with Christ. We'd read his word and we'd pray all the time. We believed his word when he pointed out to us from the book of Proverbs train up a child in the way that they should go. And even when they are old, they will not depart from it. So it was important for us that you and Melanie developed a personal relationship with Jesus. And I knew that I didn't want you girls to miss out on anything, especially God's love that he had for you. Yeah, I do remember, especially that verse, train up a child um, at grandma's house. Like it was definitely before my eyes and ears. And, you know, I feel like you guys laid a really good foundation for Melanie. Uh, Melanie's my younger sister, you guys. I'm thankful the foundation was laid because when the foundation is laid to that extent where I accept Jesus at three years old, no matter what church, no matter how much religion there is, 
It's like the Lord will bring us back to himself, no matter what trials and tribulations like you guys will hear of came to us. And I just, so my, I guess my question is, why did you feel it was important to bring us to church? As parents, you want the best for your children. You want to make sure that regardless of how young or how old, that they hear God's word for you guys to learn about his love for you and every one of us, though you are so young. To have you surrounded by other believers, other children that were learning about Jesus and hearing about his grace and his mercy. And besides that, what a safe place that we could go to worship and enjoy him without worrying about any outside influences. There was no safer place than in God's house, and it's still that way today. Yeah, I agree. I I really look fondly on back on Cubbies and Awanas and even some of the women that are still from that era were still like teaching BBS to our kids now. But I really look back fondly and you really described it well as a safe. There was a safety net for Mel and I, no matter what was going on in school, which I don't remember a lot of younger memories, but we had a safety net. And I just really am grateful for that because that again, and, and a lot of times when I'm doing these interviews or conversations, the Holy Spirit like shows me things or speaks me or falls on these interviews. And just right now, as you were talking about safety, it just shows again how God set us up for success because we might not, I might not have followed him exactly um, how I really should have in high school and turned to other things instead of him. But man, that foundation when we were younger was totally laid to where I knew who to go back to when it was time. I just feel like that was super powerful. And to anyone listening to parents of you might not have done it perfect. Nobody's looking to do it perfect here. When there's a foundation of Jesus, the Bible of safe, I should say safe churches, right? Churches that are safe and they're, they're preaching the word. The Lord's word never returns void. It's never, it never returns void. We're painting a nice picture. You know, our, our family went through a divorce when I was about 12 years old. So that was about 1992, 1993. We're painting a picture of the foundation. I think it's um, neat that my father and I are going to be super transparent, which you know is one of my values of this podcast. What's coming up here, some church hurt and experiences that weren't pretty, but I think it's very vital on sharing dad's, how it's helped, like dad's testimony you're going to hear. It's very vital to share. So I'm going to shift a little bit to the church hurt. Okay. Are you okay with that, dad? Yes. So one thing that's really important to know that there was church hurt around the time right before the divorce and I didn't have experience I did not have words for that experience and actually until a couple of years ago and even writing this um, my notes out you I didn't realize our family but especially you dad experienced church hurt so do you mind sharing um, events about events that led to that and how really if we can how it impacted you and then our family please well back then i thought i was a strong man of god that could withstand any temptation or anything that satan could throw at me i uh, i went head to head with satan and because i went head to head with satan i lost everything that was good and that was in line with my walk with christ it wasn't until a couple years later that i was reading about how even gabriel the archangel would not confront satan even he said god will deal with you what was good and right at that time, because I had so much pride, that's what I'm thinking it was, that I felt I was so strong that I could deal with whatever Satan had. Well, I lost everything. And while I was struggling with being on the verge of sinning 
and I have the scriptures that come to mind that tell me that how God always gives us a way out. Mm-hmm. I was so stubborn. Mm-hmm. And so wherever my head was at of me knowing the Bible, knowing God so well that I could handle it, mm-hmm. I couldn't. So I went to the men of the church uh, seeking advice, good counsel, to pray with men of the church mm-hmm. and what I was dealing with begging any one of those guys in leadership to help me with God's direction, to pray with me even. But what I received was a group of men sitting around the table, the board, and looking at me, not saying a thing. Then finally somebody said, well, we can pray for you, but there's nothing we can really do for you. And it was like a, what? Well, the scripture's lesson taught is word, Mm -hmm. counseling, love, guiding, drawing a fallen sinner back to Christ. That's what I thought the church was all about, mm-hmm. the body of Christ. Also, the biggest scripture that jumped out to me then was, uh, is there any sick among you? Let him call the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of Jesus. As in James 5.14. I was waiting for spiritual intervention, and it just didn't happen. Those guys didn't have a clue on what they should do. It was more, I could see, what I saw was a bunch of guys sitting around a table filled with pride of titles, uh, elders and deacons, and but really didn't know what they were doing. Hmm. So I was hurt so bad, and the bad decisions I made thinking I could handle Satan one-on-one, I knew then I was in trouble, mm-hmm. serious trouble. The same group of guys wanted me to consider being a deacon, continuing to continue on with teaching the Awanas group, being the high school Sunday school teacher. It was then that I knew I was with the wrong group. Mm. So... I kind of pulled the family away from that. The consequences of where my head was at is uh, that just kind of took over. Yeah, it's so interesting as you're talking what comes to mind that I know that I I wouldn't be where I am today without accountability, which I bring in coach, uh, um, godly women, like spiritual mothers. But man, you went for accountability to bring accountability in your life and literally came up lacking and Mm. that just my heart's like goes out to you and just for our family because i know and when one thing also as you're talking about accountability it's accountability you were looking for and you were like let me build that around myself and they just weren't didn't have those thinking skill sets or tool sets and yes we how do i say this i don't blame the church no okay but it was so sad that they couldn't rise up and be there for our family it's not just you you yes you're the head but the enemy takes the head out so he can get to the family but when it comes to accountability and everything it doesn't it show like the importance of that because where could you have been which i'm not asking what ifs where could you have been with accountability the proper exactly. accountability. Exactly. It's like, and, and you know, one thing I really honor about you, Dad, and respect about you, which is in, I'm seeing so much kind of colored, like the, the Lord's coloring things in for me from black and white to color, is I wonder what, if that's why you're so passionate about um, discipleship. I wonder mm. if that's why you're so passionate about mentorship. And yes, you've surrounded yourself with that now, and the Lord's literally brought that into you yes. because you're open, teachable, humble. But I wonder if that was, I just wonder if that's how God used well, a little bit of the church hurt or whatever to mm. want to disciple, mentor, and have a heart for these lost people, yes. even if you didn't have the words for it, you know? I always, I guess when I was praying over this and processing our conversation, and again, these questions might not make sense, but I understand them from my point of view, but like what was with the men turning, the men like not being able to be there for you 
and um, how you, it's interesting. I wonder how you saw the father during the time, because there was a time now we're going to shift to where you left the church, where again, that was our safety net. That was our foundation and what we knew because you were traveling a lot and you, you and mom were doing the best you could, but we were younger trying to find our identity. So what was your view of the father? Um, and you can go anywhere you want with this, with between leaving the church and returning to the heart or returning to pursuing Jesus, which of course Jesus was pursuing you. Okay. We know that. Yes. What was your heart, you know, view of the Father with that? What's on your heart about that? Well, of course, at the time I had anger, and it wasn't their fault. They had their own problems to deal with. But though when I left the church structure, I knew that I was not alone. I knew God never left me. I knew I was a sinner, still saved by His grace and His mercy. And at some point, I had to break that chain of continual sinning to be more like him. But I had to do it on my own. I didn't have godly men around me that could support me in counsel or in prayer. So the desire and the challenge, it actually took about 10 years to just stop and let God heal me through through my desire to be his servant again. To me, being able to look up at any time and thank him and worship him, I felt us you, me, and Melanie, he was always with us, regardless of my conduct, regardless of what situations we were in. I knew that by looking into your guys' faces growing up, that whatever was going on, you guys were going to survive and be okay. All of us, you and Melanie. So in the world, in my mind, raising you girls on, on my own with zero outside support, with the laughter and joy and the intimacy we shared at those times, that's what I thrived on. And though I was still not setting the godly example, godly man example, that I knew I should have, I knew that God was still in control of everything. Many times when I thought that I could not protect you girls and all the uncertainty of what was going on out there in the world, that's when I was a cop. I spent a lot of time praying for your, your guys' safety. And they, you guys would come home unharmed, especially Melanie, goodness. Mm-hmm. Scripture back then even reinforced to me that God is a big enough God to care for and protect you girls, my girls, that he gave to me. You guys were just on loan to me until he brings me home. I took that responsibility responsibility very seriously. And I was probably an overprotective dad. I remember the times fondly by when boys would come by to would have to face me first before they went any place. I'd have guns laying out, or they would. Uh, we'd have to have the talk, which I always loved the reaction because basically I was threatening their lives if they didn't bring my girls home safely and with no tears streaming. God and I had many wonderful moments praying and talking about you guys, being under His mighty hand of protection and loving you the way He does. When you, it's like when you left for the. Military, uh, I can think of months of weeping at night and having to look for drugs to mellow me out because I was so afraid that something would happen to you. But then that's when God spoke so clearly that he's a big enough God. He loves you. Mm-hmm. He created you. You're going to be just fine. Yes, I just am processing all the gold you just shared because <clears throat> as you're talking, you know, I'm just listening to the Lord and yeah, it's like it brings a smile to my face. But at the same time, I totally couldn't understand the guns and, um, you know, but you were a cop. So the show of force was just like, hey, this was your way of protecting us the best way you knew how. And I mean, it was not, 
It was a very interesting childhood. You say, oh, you were a little or protective, overprotective to say the least. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, with your background and the military background and then the police officer background and knowing about the world, which isn't even wasn't as bad as it is now. That would be interesting to raise single handedly two girls and yourselves and especially just the emotions we had and the divorce and mom mm-hmm. not being around as much and really having to I just still am in awe how the Lord one thing that comes to my mind is how the Lord carried us and how like you still your faith in him no matter where you were at how broken with the church and stuff you were how that carried us and that's just so impactful Mm -hmm. to me yeah the military me leaving was it was very pivotal to us because like you said we were to me I was kind of like were we in a like naive bubble that everything was was good even though we didn't have a lot we did the best we could but yes we had a lot of laughter and joy and Oh, gosh. It's interesting how he just carried us. We'll just leave it at that right now. So powerful how he protected me in the military. And really, when I stepped out of the house at 18 and went in the military, such a shock and a change, you didn't have, you couldn't do anything. It was literally like one day to then one moment. And then the next moment, I'm on a plane going to basic. And I can only imagine the fear. Oh, gosh. Not to mention the generational fear in our family that we've had to overcome. But just what now? And what do we do? And... Thank goodness Mel was there to take your mind off that stuff. And okay, our listeners don't know the full story, but I we are laying the roadmap as best as possible to you coming back to Jesus. Now, guys, I don't know if you understand this, so I'm gonna just put this out here. Is I knew that Dad, my dad, loved God, but he went from bringing ch- teenagers and teenage boys to Christ and youth groups and that to Christ, he went from that to leaving the church. And for about 25 to 30 years, even though in his own personal time, he was meeting with the father and talking with the father, but I didn't see my father serving Jesus. And, you know, nobody's judging that. I just couldn't see it. I was like, Lord, I don't know what you're doing with dad. So I'm going to tell you that my faith grew weary, but I was always like, mom, you pray for dad because I literally, you know, I, every time I'm like, dad, I don't even actually remember how we would interact about the Lord because there was very few times for 30 years or so, but, but we just knew God, like God is such a good God that eventually dad would come to the Lord. Like I knew he'd end up in heaven, that kind of thing, guys. Now, a couple years ago, I saw this kind of complete 180, if that's what's called, where you totally turn. What was your turning point dad back to Jesus like there was a turning point because you went from like maybe daily bread once in a while now I'm not judging works I'm not talking about works you guys I'm not talking about works I'm talking about relationship with the Lord and seeing a heart soften and him really come back to know he's accepted by him you know and God healed the church hurt somewhere along the way so I saw this with my own eyes and I was like, what is going on right now? You're reading daily bread. You're, you're opening your Bible. You know, again, you might've done that in secret when before, but we weren't living together. We were, I was at my, raising my own family, getting married. What was like the turning point back to Jesus? Well, like I said before, I knew, even though I left the church and I knew I was running alone uh, as an adult, I was running alone. I knew all along by pulling away from my closeness with Christ he he never let me go uh, with the different experiences near death experiences uh, both as a cop and in the, in the military he was very evident to me that he was in my life every day every moment i just didn't give up on mm-hmm. on him but i gave up on the i stopped giving him the attention that he deserved mm-hmm. i was surviving off the my own fumes of when my upbringing uh, 
when I was little with my mom and with the spiritual journey with your mom because she was so, I don't want to say fanatical, but so Mm -hmm. uh, dedicated to her morning rituals uh, that kept me grounded when we were married. Mm -hmm. But then finally, I just... uh, that void, that emptiness, that the Jesus that I knew, it was so obvious that I was not pursuing him. But I knew that he was always pursuing me. But then finally, I just, like your mom and I used to do, I just got down on my knees and rededicated my life to him. I asked him to come back in and forever apologizing and asking for forgiveness for being so stupid. And the things that I did all along, he was right by my side anyway. So it was time to just mm-hmm. start remembering who he is. And it was time for me to get back into his word and know what a magnificent God he really is. Mm-hmm. From that point on, every day, his word would jump off the pages in my heart, mm-hmm. into my heart in a way that it's never done before. His truths are and were real. His word is so holy. Yeah, I mean, there was a change, you know, you were dating somebody and I don't know what the plan was there, but that changed. And she, that ended up, that relationship ended. And really within days, again, I'm only seeing the surface. I'm not seeing underneath the roots what God was doing the whole time. But within, like, really that relationship ended. And all of a sudden you're back in the, we're listening to already to soaking music, but you're back in, and there wasn't a ton of health issues other than diabetes and things like that. But you were back in the daily bread and the Bible and the, but it, there was still such a transition, a definitely overnight, actually, it seemed like, but of course it took, things don't just happen overnight. Things take years. Like God was like uh, pursuing you for so long. And then you, you decided to jump in the game again. And like you said, repenting and turning back to him and how I just keep getting this resounding. He never stopped pursuing you. He never yes. stopped loving you. And it's so precious to me how he's, just so precious and he's such a good father Mm. and i love that and but i remember and we're going to come here to shift a little bit i remember it wasn't easy and i want people to understand that it's not always like a i'm not debbie downer or anything it's not like this oh i'm back to jesus and everything's hunky-dory dude if anything almost like the crap hit the fan so it's like the lord knew what you were going to need he knew what you were going to need to get through this and i kind of never saw it till right now putting this together like okay how would you have handled what you're going through now and so i want to catch you guys up we're going to shift again to your transition back to the lord yeah obviously he was never far away so don't take that wrong you guys and you're coming back to him you're opening your heart up to him and all of a sudden it went from back surgery several three years ago or so back surgery we didn't know we were going to move up my my husband and our family back surgery was one thing a few months later, your diagnosis, the, the diagnosis with cancer. Now, no, none of us knew what you were going to walk through. We just knew you have cancer and it was it's crazy. But the foundation almost again was laid for the Lord to be your, within the word. It's like almost like he gave you the medicine before you knew you needed it. Yes. So tell me about, tell me about when that diagnosis hit, right? And you're newly coming back to the Lord and you're soaking and you're still, but the mental stuff you had to overcome because this is about the renewed mind, too. Yes. So that wasn't renewed for so long. So tell me more about that. Renewed mind and renewed heart. My darkest cloud was like everyone, everybody in the world that hears the words, you have cancer. I went through it with my wife, Sylvia. Being with her, seeing what those words devastated her. To me, I was actually thinking it was worse on me, more so 
than now being with my own prognosis, mm -hmm. not taking away from Sylvia. Mm -mm. She handled it like a trooper. Uh, God's hand was definitely in that whole process. But my life that I finally found from a worldly standpoint, from a worldly love standpoint, mm -hmm. I was finally experiencing. Mm -hmm. And she was just such a gift. But then here I am, yes, here I am dealing with the same. Well, Don, you got the big C. You are going to die. And of course, the human side, the earthly side right away is, oh no, I don't want to lose my family. I don't want to lose what I have. I'm living high on the hog. Miranda and her family is here taking care of me. I get to see my grandchildren every morning. But the reality of it was, who am I going to listen to? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be the world with, yep, Don, there's nothing we can do. You're going to die. Or if you get a handle on it, you're going to, it's, there's no healing from this. Uh, back with Sylvia, I didn't have a spiritual base mm -hmm. like I do now or mm -hmm. did then. Mm -hmm. Then I was glancing at God's word here and there, and I was not in his word as I should have been. But when that diagnosis hit, I was bumming a little bit where my case in itself mm -hmm. with the mm -hmm. cancer was mm -hmm. handled pitifully. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to take a week for my biopsy mm -hmm. came back, and it took eight weeks. By the time the biopsy came back and somebody said it was cancer, it was COVID. Uh -huh. So they couldn't actually start treatments on me for a year and a half or so. And then they finally approved to go forward with it. And I was just kind of lost looking past the nonsense, the fact that I had cancer and because of the time lapse, it's grown so much. It was inoperable. Get ready for the ride, then you die. This time though, this time, instead of being devastated, I liter literally cried out to my God, my father, who is in heaven. I can't explain it, but I had immediate peace. No kidding. God's word jumped off the pages about comfort and loving me and making everything okay. I want to throw a couple of verses at you that to prove wherever I was at in the Bible, daily something would jump off. The first one was, thanks be to God who delivers us through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 7.25. And I thought, well, okay, I can thank God for this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, but to give you a future and a hope, Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm -hmm. A hope. Most people in the world dealing with cancer don't have a hope. But then I had, then the next one jumped out, grace and peace to you from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 1, 2. Grace and peace. It doesn't say anything about me curling up and weeping and dying. Mm -hmm. It's talking about God's grace and his peace. I don't know if you heard how my father spoke to me right on point and how I was feeling and what I was dealing with. He delivers me. He has plans for me. His grace, his peace. How could I be upset? My father was dealing with it. Mm -hmm. Satan was trying to break me down in the worst way. And God is speaking directly to me from his holy word, point on point, his scripture. So every time Satan would tear me down, prognosis after prognosis of how I'm doing, that I'm going to die, how the treatment plans are not working, nothing they've given me has slowed down the spreading of the cancer. I would take, continue to take my eyes off of Jesus and ponder on my bleak future. But then after being depressed for that couple of hours... Thinking of just going back and thinking about how he has blessed me with Fred and Miranda and the kids, Melanie and her family coming up time and time, instead of being just devastated that there's no hope, 
Then a final exhale came out of me, saying, Father. And in that instance, his word flushed into me. My journey was just beginning. There is no death. I close my eyes here on earth one day, and when I open them, I will be before Jesus, witnessing all of his glory and his brilliance. How amazing will that be? The mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Where do I get that? Information right out of his word. Romans 8, 6. Where God guides, he provides. Isaiah 58, 11. And, and you've all heard these. If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 31. And especially when I'm really wrapped up, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Be still. Know that I am God. Everything I was reading, I have more. In fact, I got 13 pages or more. <laughs> But the fact of the matter is, there had to be a mental adjustment. I could no longer be conformed to this world. And he, and that's when he said, be, be transformed by the, the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable peace. His perfect words gets the mind back where it should be. God provides for me. He'll provide for you. If God is with me, who can be against me? His scriptures, the Father himself was talking to me, expressing his mercy and his peace mm -hmm. and his love. So instead of the, oh, pity party, oh, Don, you poor boy, you know, you're going to die of cancer just like everybody else. Uh, I didn't have to think that way. And that wasn't applied to my life. What was applied to my life was God's saving grace, that by knowing him and him accepting me as his child through the belief of his son, the Lord Jesus, who ended up dying on the cross for my sins and then raising from the dead to be at the right hand of the Father, to welcome me home. This is a matter of mental positioning. You have to either your mind is in the world or your mind is on Jesus. Mm. You get fed by the things around you in the world or you open his book and you get fed spiritual food and you continue to grow in him and grow closer to him. So that's about Yes. No, I think that one thing that really blessed me, which all the word, obviously, it's so peaceful in the room and super just feels very heavy in a good way is when you said, goodness, my journey is just beginning. What my journey was just beginning, there is no death. If that isn't the truth, I mean, yes. somebody, I know somebody needs to hear that. Uh, the world may yes. be telling you, the world might be telling you there's no hope. The world might be coming against everything you even read every day. But like dad was saying, when you renew your mind, and you choose to think life and you stop, you got to take charge of those thoughts, those bad thoughts. We have that to do. God said, take control of every thought, take every thought cap and just picturing the word. And, but dad, I saw dad saturate himself with the word. And then eventually after a while, now we're not going to lie there, there was nobody saying there wasn't a eight month, six month period of heaviness and darkness because there's almost like the spirit of death wants to talk to him every day. It's like the spirit of death wants to just be his friend every day. And dad had to really, him and God had to go through this and go through the word. And as it was washing, as he was washing his mind with the word, things became lighter. Pity went away. Darkness went away. But when he said, I just feel like it, it's literally like encapsulates what happened and shifted for you is there is no death. You saw the exactly. truth and the truth got so deep in you that it's like, now I'm going to become life. You're, I mean, mm. it's like you're lighter and more peaceful and people are always saying it's so cool to hear fruit. You know, it says you should know them by their fruits, but it's so cool when people are like, Don, you're so encouraging. You're such a blessing. 
so many random people at random times, people in your Bible study, people at church, the cards of encouragement you give, they keep saying, like, you're such a blessing. Mm. It's just so blessing. People don't make that up. It's fruit and the overflow of the Lord and the word inside yes. of you. I think that's super special. But when you send the, somebody needs to hear this again. There is no death. Yes. It's true. This, when you're alive in Christ Jesus, there is no death. You might close your eyes and go to sleep on earth, and, but you wake up in heaven with the Lord. And that's what dad said. And yes. I know that's going to bring peace to someone listening that's really struggling with torment of like what's going to happen after, you know, I wasn't planning on doing this, but if you and dad, I know is a total agreement, but if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your savior, your personal savior, this that dad's talking about and that we're discussing can be yours as well. Yes. He, he created you. You were in Christ before you, you were in God before just reading the word Psalm 139. Before you were born, he knit you together in your mother's womb. Yes. And then he wrote all your books in the in his book, all the days of your life in his book. And literally, you confess that you're a sinner. You confess that you need your Lord Jesus. Mm. You, I believe that you are my Lord and Savior and that I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And you have that heart shift and that heart transition. And I would add to this like Dad would because Holy Spirit helps him every day. The Holy Spirit's the power that came on like when Jesus went up to heaven. He's like, I'm sending a comforter, a teacher. Holy Spirit gets to come and then we get yes. empowered to do this. There's no way. I don't even know how people overcome their journeys without the Lord in their heart. There's no way the darkness of, of the hopelessness that comes with a diagnosis like dad's. And then like he said, waves after wave, like you think you're getting ahead. And I'll, I'll explain it differently. You think that you're getting better. You think this radiation work, you think this work, you choose, have to choose which way to go. And have the wisdom to do that. And then all of a sudden, oh, it's come back and it's or it's growing here now. There's these many tumors now. What do you do? You you literally have to choose life in that moment. And because of the Holy Spirit inside of dad, and because of the Holy Spirit in our family, we mm. choose to serve the Lord. Then there's hope in this situation, not yes. hopelessness. But yes. one, I want to come back to dad saying his journey was just beginning. He could have laid down and literally, he could have laid down in pity and darkness. And then he said, there is no death. When he closes his eyes here on, here on earth, he gets to open his eyes in heaven. So that mm. if somebody is listening and your heart is being stirred or you feel like crying, some people feel like emotional or you're like, I need you, Jesus. Literally, he's a breath away. He's yes. closer than your breath. And you just need to call out to him and be like, please save me. I want what they have. And always reach out and always comment and always. And we're praying for you listeners as well, especially. I know that's for somebody. You know, you shared about just the transformation. I've seen the transformation. I've seen it. I just, I, I really, we already talked about really a turning point. I want to, before we go on to our relationship, to touch on the father-daughter relationship, if there was anything else um, that you wanted to share in this, because I'm going to touch on that father-daughter relationship in a little bit. Well, I don't know how this works, honey, but if there is anybody that is dealing with the death sentence with the cancer with the hopelessness feel free to get a hold of miranda i would love to talk to you i would love to pray with you just having somebody by your side that mm -hmm. can direct and guide toward jesus mm -hmm. that will help so much but then my uh, like you guys my transition is because all because of god and the truth truth of his word mm -hmm. what voices am i going to listen to how has my heart and my mind changed to overcome this horrific diagnosis and the eventual outcome him our father the lord jesus christ his word mm -hmm. on how we're supposed to live think feel strive for his word has it all now it's up to me to continue to seek him and learn of him so i can be drawn to him i have his word without that continual 
pursuit, this journey would be so much harder. So I usually keep myself in a, a praise frame of mind mm-hmm. over the, the littlest things. Because that's how much our God loves us. It's even with the little things. Yeah, I appreciate that. And yes, whoever's listening, if you need a need a prayer partner, my dad is just a phone call away. So just reach out. You know how to get a hold of me. I want to touch on something for the daughters listening, uh, maybe the sisters. I'm not sure. And, you know, I'm going to unpack in other episodes, listeners. I'm going to unpack for you uh, what God has done in my heart and in my life with my relationship with my dad. And, man, when the Lord heals father wounds, there's actually nothing like it because how we see, and I've talked about this before, but I want to touch on it, how we see our earthly father is really how we translate our relationship with our heavenly father because father to father, but the enemy knows this. So he'll try to take that out right in the beginning and really so lies into it. But I want to touch on a relationship for you guys behind all the whole time behind the scenes, almost like Jehovah sneaky people have called him. He's so funny. All the behind the scenes, the Lord was really working and moving on our hearts. So when we moved, um, came up to help dad with his um, recovery back surgery, we didn't know we'd be moving in with my father. So we had about five years or so, six years or so, um, raising family and three babies back to back. Fred and I had three babies in four years. And then all up we come to back to Eagle River. And when we came, we didn't know the diagnosis. We did So first we moved in, then the diagnosis came. Dad and I's relationship, we, we didn't live together ever since I was 18. I, here and there a little bit when I was a single parent with Victoria, but very, I was very even more broken back then. So we move up and all of a sudden it's like God's, you know, like I said, I'm going to break this down in other episodes, but all of a sudden God's using dad and I for me and dad as sandpaper to really rub out all the lies and all the um, just, yes. just distortions of how I saw my father, but also just lies I was believing about myself, about him, but about God, the father, about life. Mm. And really, if I wasn't open up, open and um, teachable and humble, I don't know where we'd be. Probably I wouldn't be in a good place. And so I want to say that, man, God worked behind and is continually working behind the scenes to he is about restoration you guys he is about restoration and it doesn't matter sometimes how much pain and discomfort he cares more about our heart and the cleanliness and purity of our hearts to be like whole before him and he cares more about that than um comfort sometimes so hate to break it to you but i will i mean stay tuned for when i'm ready because sometimes spiritual experiences are super hard to verbalize and put into words but he's doing such a deep, deep work in me and in this family um, that it's amazing. And I don't even have words for it at this time. But we had so many obstacles to overcome. Not only dad's cancer and will continue to, we had to overcome setting healthy boundaries. We had to overcome me walking out of childhood fears and will continue to as we get triggered. Anybody, any of y'all that move in with your parents, you'd get triggered. So don't even go there with me. And just using, he used and he's continued to use situations to heal deep wounds I didn't even know. I just wanted to touch on that because God is restoring our relationship and sometimes we don't even need, we don't know what we don't know and we don't know what we need. But I couldn't, I can't believe how much he's done for in three years. Like we're talking like a 10 year, he, he's done what he, people do in 10 years. He's done in about three years, you know? Well, I know you had to go through so much, honey, and I'm so sorry for that. But I got to tell you, the day you told me that you and Fred were moving in to care for me, I felt straight from God that this is right. This is good. This is supposed to be how it is. I knew you have had so many adjustments. You have to, you're going through all of that for me. 
a father or a parent isn't supposed to inflict things upon their children. They're supposed to make their way better. But because of me, but I continue to hold you and your family up in prayer by name every night directly to comfort you and to give you strength to keep doing what you're doing, honey. I love you so much. So I appreciate you saying that. And I just feel like the best is yet to come. I also feel like God's doing so much that it's like priceless. I want to encourage you, if you're, you guys, if you're going through a season that you're like, dude, it's like sandpaper surgery, ripping heart out. Uh, the old is passing away and I, it feels like I'm not myself. Hold on to the Father. Hold on to Jesus and his word. Hold on and ask Holy Spirit to help you and transform you and help you see what the enemy doesn't want you to see, but also help you just to see truth for what it is. Like help help you see God for who he is because you will. This too shall pass. Nothing yes. stays the same. Thank God nothing stays the same. And then a lot of times too, you don't want to miss, you don't want to miss it. Try to be present as possible and stay in the moment, no matter how painful, quote unquote, painful it is. Cause some things are different pain than others. And we've labeled things as pain that really isn't right. And God has to transform that as well. I'm skipping ahead a little bit. I want to shift our focus to when you said there is no death you go to sleep and you wake up that's really super encouraging i feel like that's a nugget for somebody who will be like from pity to not and from darkness to light one of the reasons i wanted you i wanted to do this is just to give you a platform for your voice to be heard because you're in bible study you're go to men's prayer you know basically your life changed so much in the last couple years when others would have really resigned to what well there's no hope so what's the point you're like how how can i get the most out of every day lord use me you know, Lord, use me. I just want to just share if someone's listening that has a life-threatening diagnosis or people may be recovering from church hurt. There's many. You are not alone in that. There's many recovering from church hurt. I have you share what else is on your heart. What left do you want to share? Because we went through the words, the verses, which was so beautiful and life-giving. Is there anything else kind of to bring this full circle for you? Along with uh, what we were talking about, about the transition for you guys, you and Fred and the mm-hmm. family. whole topic is always is always a difficult one for me. Because the person that I was, and I know this, mm-hmm. I know this from the bottom of my heart to the thoughts that I have to deal with. The person I was is no longer. Every aspect of my life now is to God and his word. I don't know how other people live without God. And it's uh, now it's more, how do you want me to be? How do you want me to feel about this, Father? What do you want me, how do you want me to react to this? Please give me the strength to say and do what you want me to, Father. Any given situation, conversation, encounter, I pretty much give it all up to him now and his hope and his will, his will, not mine. It's it's actually getting more difficult for me to to uh, deal with the public because my heart um, is so empathetic to people suffering. Mm-hmm. I could pretty much walk up to anybody, and if they're hurting, I can sense it, and I'm hurting. So mm-hmm. I'll be praying for them. And in my days being filled, like I said, what was is no more. My days feeling uh, being filled with, um, well, I got to get this done, I got to get that done, uh, the frivolous stuff is now I get up in the morning and I thank God for another day that my feet get to hit the floor and that I get to see who I get to see. And I want to do nothing but to serve him, to be the passionate, to be the patient, to be the loving man that God wants me to be. Thank goodness for 
my brothers at your church, Brenna, the mm-hmm. Abundant Life, uh, those men, mm-hmm. when we meet together once a week mm-hmm. and we pray for individuals in the community and they've laid their hands on me and, and anointed me with oil, which should have happened to me 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Now, truly, every step I'm taking, God is amazing. He's opening the doors. He's feeding me his truth and his honesty and his love. I rest this discussion as I want to help. Like Brenda said, if there's anybody that wants somebody to pray for them or somebody to sit down and share some scriptures with them, uh, I would love to do nothing but because that's for what time I have left on this earth. I want to be serving my my father. Uh-huh. I want to be helping, connecting other people to him. He doesn't want a, one soul to go to hell. He wants everyone to come to him. And that's about that, Brenda. Yeah, I mean, you want to be about your father. You are about your father's business. Yes. Yeah, and to go from about your own business or trying to figure things out or living off your childhood fumes or mom's fumes or their relationships or other people's stuff to come all the way full circle to being about your father's business and Mm. just being a walking light and a walking encouragement to those around you and receiving that, it's like, dude. Oh, don't I hope. Well, yeah, amen. But yes, I want to thank you, Dave, for this conversation. Thank you, listeners, for listening in. And this raw, really transparent conversation, which I just cherish because it'll be one for the books. And as long as this podcast, you know, when even when people are no longer on this earth, which of course you have right now, we have you here, this will still ring true for however many mm. generations we get to have this. So it's, it's treasure for me. And yes, thank you listeners for tuning in. I hope that you took away one or two or three gold nuggets for you. I took, I hope you took away encouragement. Dad and I just release a blessing over you and may the Mm, Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you shalom, peace, Mm. wherever you're joining from. All right. Bless you guys.